Howdy, folks, and welcome back into Time Out with Lance. It has been quite a minute since I put out a podcast, but a lot of things have been happening. This past month, I've had to host a family reunion at home and moving locations and also the 4th of July weekend. So finally back on the pod. I uh, hope you and your family had a great 4th of July holiday weekend. We're able to get out and celebrate uh, for the first time in a couple of years, you know, eat great food, go see good fireworks, all that good stuff. But we have a lot to get into. There's a lot going on in the sports world like there always is, especially this year. Um, first off, the NBA final start tonight. You got the Phoenix Suns taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a different series in that we haven't seen something like this in a handful of years in the NBA where we don't really have a, quote, super team in the finals. We'll get to that shortly. Um, also, you have the NIL ruling for the NCAA. So now players can profit off their name, image, and likeness. College athletes can. You have a bunch of coaching uh, changes in the NBA. A lot of drama, too. Um, you got stuff with MLB, the foreign substance. Uh, new policies, they're finally being enforced. You got Wimbledon, you got Euro 2020, and you got a bunch of other stuff going on. So without any further ado, I'm going to get into the coaching changes in the NBA first. I'm going to get through the fast stuff, and then I'll get to the NIL and uh, NBA final stuff later in the show. First of all, uh, to the NBA we go. We have the Portland Trailblazers, who um, are kind of in a transition mode right now because they recently hired Chauncey Billups on a five-year deal. Chauncey Billups, of course, was uh, an NBA great for many years. He won the NBA title back in 04 as a player on the Detroit Pistons, and he now is the head coach for the Blazers for at least the next handful of years. Um, but the big thing with the Blazers is uh, Damian Lillard, their superstar point guard. Rumor has it that he's thinking about leaving Portland just because um, he's been in Portland for eight, nine years at this point. Um, with Terry Stotts, the previous head coach, he made the playoffs, I believe, eight years in a row, which was the longest strike in the NBA. But let's face it, the Blazers, they aren't really making much noise in the Western Conference these days. You got teams like the Suns, the Jazz, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, just a handful of teams that are just going to really be better than the Trailblazers roster top to bottom. Uh, so, and of course the Warriors coming back too. I think Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, and if the Warriors add another superstar player this summer, then they'll will certainly be better than the, than the Trailblazers. So the question for Chauncey Billups is, can he keep Dame Lillard? And if he can, can he influence the front office to get Dame some help? Because if not, then it could be, time for the Blazers to ultimately blow it up and Chauncey Bills will be left with nothing but kind of a rebuilding project. So the Boston Celtics, a few weeks ago, they had a big drama of their own. Brad Stevens, who's been their coach for the past several years, has gotten to had gotten to three of the past five Eastern Conference Finals. Um, he stepped down and was promoted to the head of uh, the president of basketball operations in the Celtics front office. He replaced Danny Ainge, who left the front office and and Danny Ainge will probably find another similar position uh, a few years down the line. We'll see if he really does. But they hired the Celtics' uh, Mecca Udoka, um, who was an assistant for the Brooklyn Nets, to be their new head coach. And uh, he seems to be wanting to coach Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two stars for the Celtics, which I think they need a bit more coaching. The Mavericks, they ended up firing uh, Rick Carlisle, who had been the head coach for 
many years, and they also fired their general manager, Donnie Nelson, after 24 seasons, so basically since I was born. Uh, and they ended up replacing Rick Carlisle with Jason Kidd, who, of course, was uh, the lead assistant for the Los Angeles Lakers the past couple of years, and now he's going to inherit Luka Doncic, Chris Porzingis, and the rest of the Mavericks roster. But the question is, um, can Jason Kidd keep Luka in Dallas because uh, Luka has been rumored to uh, be pursued or he, or I'm referring to Kawhi Leonard. Hold on a second. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's being uh, rumored to be pursued by the Mavericks or the Heat. And uh, Luka has been unhappy in Dallas just because like he's a superstar player at only 21, 22 years old. And uh, he just didn't have much help this uh, past postseason with uh, their first round series against the Clippers because Kristaps Porzingis, he's just proven not to be a real star like he was in New York before he tore his ACL. And uh, Luka, I think Luka needs a lot of help and the Mavericks are going to have a lot of work to do in order to get him help. Pacers, they took Rick Carlisle off the market for four years and 29 million. So he gets to take over the Pacers job and the Pacers are kind of in a middle of the road situation at the moment. Uh, Nate McMillan for the Atlanta Hawks. He got them to the Eastern conference finals this year. And so now he has been rewarded by um, being made the Hawks full-time head coach. Uh, he gets a four year deal and uh, he gets to coach Trey young, hopefully for the next several years, see Trey young grow into a superstar point guard in the league, the Hawks. Uh, they have a solid roster with uh, Clint Capella. They have Kevin Werther, um, John Collins, just several good players who know their roles. Um, ultimately, if, I think if they if they are going to compete with the likes of Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, um, and just other teams in the East for years to come, I think they need to add uh, a few more star players, uh, just one or two more star players um, for ultimately Trey Young to get help. But uh, they made the Eastern Conference Finals this year, so they are well ahead of schedule, and uh, they will see see if they can get Trey Young help eventually. And so, also a couple other coaching moves: the Pelicans they fired Stan Van Gundy, um, didn't work out with him with uh, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is rumored to leave the Pelicans. Not leave the Pelicans, but his family wants him to leave the Pelicans. But he's only a second year. We'll see how that works out. Scott Brooks is not going to coach the Wizards uh, after five seasons. just not working out with him, Russell Westbrook, and uh, Bradley Beal. Speaking of Bradley Beal, he's rumored to also be being pursued by many different teams um, in, over the next year or so. The Mellow Ball ended up being named Rookie of the Year. After the season, he missed 21 games, but he performed well enough. And I think he's going to be a debt. He's going to be a dynamic playmaker in the league for many, many years to come. Uh, so, and he's box office too. He, his name brings a lot of eyeballs. And so that's great for the Charlotte Hornets who aren't really a large market team who aren't going to be watched by a lot of people, frankly. And so LaMelo Ball, congrats to him. And I think he's going to be a superstar in the league one day. All right, I think I'm done with the NBA coaching news. Moving on to a couple other quick points. Uh, the MLB players, um, the pitchers who are caught with foreign substances are now going to be suspended 10 games. You have players like Garrett Cole, who after the substance abuse stuff being enforced, they 
their numbers are dropping. Like Cole's numbers have dropped precipitously, but uh, we'll see if that's just a slump or if the sticky stuff, sticky substance was really aiding him. Pitchers like Tyler Glass now too, who has a UCL injury. He's out. Um, the grip does really change. Uh, the spider tack really did help a lot of pitchers. And so with this change, I think the offense for the MLB is going to go back up finally. And so I'm excited to see how the pitchers adjust to it and how the offensive players are going to take advantage of it. We will, we will ultimately see because it's kind of interesting that MLB is going to enforce this in the middle of the season. I don't know why they weren't enforcing the rule to begin with, but I guess it's gotten really out of control because uh, ERAs at an all time low strikeouts are ridiculous. Um, so the, uh, the game hopefully will be more balanced, uh, uh, for for the rest of the season. Uh, Trevor Bauer, the second or third best pitcher for the Dodgers, he's on seven paid administrative leave. He did not pitch on the 4th of July like it was scheduled to because um, he's being investigated for sexual assault. Um, I read a couple stories from ESPN, and, and I believe it was The Athletic that kind of detailed like the de- detailed the uh, uh, assault allegations. And, uh, after reading that, I was like, Whoa, it did not sound good. So I'm not going to pass judgment on Bauer yet, but it does not look good. Um, and Dave Roberts, the daughter's manager has commented recently that he doesn't see Trevor Bauer coming back anytime soon. Uh, and so MLB wants to talk to both Trevor Bauer and the woman that's accusing him of sexual assault. So a very sensitive subject. And, uh, I just hope that it resolves itself and ultimately justice prevails in this case because it doesn't look very good for Trevor Bauer right now. But again, he's not guilt. He's not guilt. He is innocent until proven guilty. Um, so a couple weeks ago, John Ram, he ended up winning the U S open his first major, uh, for the PGA Novak Djokovic. He won the French open, uh, giving him 19 majors. Um, he is currently favored to win the Wimbledon, tournament which concludes this sunday july 11th um that would be his 20th major if he wins and that would tie him uh with roger federer and rafa nadal for the most all time on the men's single side so uh we'll see how novak Djokovic uh turns out the rest of this week i think he will get to the final at a minimum and i hope hopefully he faces someone like roger federer that would be a blockbuster wimbledon final and we've gotten that a few times before uh, speaking of Wimbledon, it's going on uh, a lot of rain, which has pushed matches back. Uh, a lot of players have not played at Wimbledon since, of course, 2019 and 2020. Nothing happened because of because of COVID, and uh, so the tournament's rolling right right along. And uh, players, the women's final will be Saturday, July 10th, and July 11th will be the men's final. And I enjoy watching Wimbledon every year. And Euro 2020 is going on right now. Italy as Italy and Spain right now, is, as of this recording, it, are playing uh, in the first semifinal in Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium is going to host both semifinals and the Euro 2020 final. This tournament, of course, is being played this year because of the pandemic. Uh, not full capacity crowds, but large crowds nonetheless. And uh, the other semifinal in the tournament will be England versus Denmark. And of course, Denmark, if you haven't heard, their forward Christian Eriksen collapsed in their first uh, Euro 2020 group stage game. He's been recovering in the hospital ever since. 
I don't think he's back yet. I'll have to check to see if he's going to come back in the semifinal. Probably not. But um, Denmark's playing inspired football. But it'll be tough to beat uh, in Wembley Stadium against uh, England and England's home crowd. So I I think England's going to get to the final, and I'll have to check the score for Italy and Spain. But I think I picked uh, Spain to win that game ultimately. And the Euro 2020 final is this Sunday, of course, as well in England. Uh, so that will be a big conclusion to that tournament. All right. Now, I'm going to transition now to the NBA Finals and NIL. All right. So the NBA Finals are finally here. Uh, they start tonight. I believe it is a 9 p.m. Eastern tip-off, 8 p.m. Central time. Um, I might have to double-check that, but I believe that's the case. And you got the Phoenix Suns going going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, a dynamic series. This is because, um, like I said before, at the beginning of the podcast, the, the super team is not prevailing this year. Injuries have just hit almost every team in the playoffs this year. You got Lakers with LeBron and AD, you got the Nets with James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You got Giannis with the Bucks who made it through, but to the finals, but Giannis, uh, tweaked his knee. In the Hawks series, you have the Atlanta Hawks, who the Bucks beat with Trey Young twisting his ankle. You got the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, their superstar center, had a torn meniscus. Um, in the West, you had you had uh, Kawhi Leonard go out with a mysterious ACL injury, which kept him out of the latter half of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you had you had CP3 of the uh, Phoenix Suns, who had shoulder issues, had some torn ligaments in his wrist, um, other issues, and you have Utah Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think, had to miss a couple games in in the series that they lost. So the injuries have just been crazy, but like nonetheless, I think this is going to be a great final series. You got two small market teams, quote unquote. They're going to be battling out for the NBA championship. Um, very good rosters all over the place for the Suns. You got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, campaign off the bench, uh, Tory Craig off the bench. Just a really deep roster for the Suns. They're very cohesive. They're kind of old school in a sense. Like they, they're not playing positionless basketball. Chris Paul is an old school point guard um, who gets 10 to 15 assists a game, but he can also go off for 40 if needed. Devin Booker, Devin Booker is a pure scorer. He's not Kobe Bryant, as some people. He's not the next Kobe Bryant right now, which some people think he is. But nonetheless, he's a really, really good scorer. DeAndre Ayton is a seven-foot center who can block shots. He can run the rim. Um, he's very mobile, too. Um, Jay Crowder is a great 3 and D player. So is Mikel Bridges. Campaign's a great backup point guard. Uh, so the Suns, overall, they, they have a really good team. They have a lot of great chemistry uh monty williams who coached chris paul back in new orleans when chris paul first came into the league he's the head coach for the suns and uh he puts a lot of faith and trust in the players and the players just seem to play freely cohesively and they have great chemistry and that's why they're in the nba finals on the opposite side you got the bucks who um beat the brooklyn nets in the semifinals in the east and then they beat the hawks to get to the finals and right now, they're not playing at full strength because Giannis, I think, is going to miss at least the first two games with his tweaked knee. You got Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, um, 
Pat Connington, Brent, Bryn Forbes, uh, other good players on the on the Bucks, and Mike Boonholzer, of course, who is not known for making adjustments, but nonetheless, he is he is with the Bucks in the finals. The key is to this series: are the Bucks going to have Giannis at full strength? Because if they do, then they have a chance. If not, then Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to have to. Pick up the slack, and they have or they have won games without Giannis. They, uh, I think, one of the last games in the Hawks series, I think it was Game Five, which Brook Lopez played like old school Shaquille O'Neal, and he had like thirty five or forty points uh, down low in the paint, and that was vintage Brook Lopez because a few years ago, before the league became like a three point shooting league, Brook Lopez was basically a post up big, and he did his damage down there. So for him to do that, I think that's a that would be an interesting weapon going forward. Now, I don't know if they can do that much this series uh, with DeAndre Ayton, but I think small ball five lineups with Giannis when he's healthy are ultimately the best way to go, kind of get DeAndre Ayton out in the wing, although he can move a little bit. So I'm definitely going to watch this NBA Finals. I don't get why some people are turned off by a non-big market team getting into the Finals, like Lakers, Nets, the Bulls, the Heat. Uh, the Clippers, it's like I'm excited to see like two really good teams going back and forth. And whoever's champion, I'm going to be really, really excited for him. Uh, so wh- just hope, hopefully, hopefully we get a great series. And I think it will. I'm going to pick Suns in seven just because I don't trust Giannis to be fully healthy. And I think the Suns are just more reliable uh, top to bottom on their roster. They have more consistent uh, scoring on their team because Giannis, I think at times can bog down the Bucks offense and make them a bit too like stagnant, if that makes any sense. But uh, regardless, a great series to watch. And I'm going to pick the Phoenix Suns in seven. And ultimately, Chris Paul will finally get an NBA championship on his resume and should be, in most people's eyes, a top five point guard of all time. All righty. Final thing for today, going to name, image, and likeness for the NCAA. We finally get this ruling from the NCAA, which athletes can now use to make money in their name, image, and likeness, meaning they can sign endorsement deals, they can sign contracts, they can promote stuff, they can get money for autographs, that type of thing. Now, I've tried to look at issues at this issue from both sides. I've watched some shows, watched some videos, read some articles, Basically, my takeaway is like I I think that the athletes for the NCAA can make money without them like making that the motive, the primary motive for them being at school. Because in reality, less than two percent of NCAA athletes go pro in their sport. Like you have a lot of football players, you have the men's basketball players. By the way, football and men's basketball are the two primary drivers of most athletic department revenues at most schools in America. And a lot, you know, a handful of those players will go pro, but a majority of them will not. So I understand uh, people's concern about the, the universities, universities having to pay the players to, I guess, be at school. But on, on one, I think the NCAA for too long has like kept players from getting the money that that kind of, that they kind of earn just from like, I don't know, providing a product, I guess. 
the amateurism model that people have talked about is just not helping the athletes at this point. I think if you give them a small bit of money, I understand people's point too about getting a degree in college because a degree long-term will have doors potentially uh, being allowed to be open for athletes and others down the, down the road for the rest of their life. Like small, a small amount of money may last you a certain number of years, but the degree can last you a lifetime. So I get why people um, argue that the NCAA shouldn't uh, pay the players, but ultimately, and you have the other side too with uh, you could have locker room jealousy too. If athletes think that, Oh, this guy's getting paid. Like what if he's not trying and like, I'm not getting paid as like, college at former college athletes have said that some have said that look like it's something special in college just the camaraderie like it's not like professional sports where wages and earnings they're a topic of discussion in the locker rooms it's a different dynamic in college which frankly it kind of should be if you think about it but also if athletes want to make money then why can't they necessarily so i don't think money in school should be mutually exclusive uh, ultimately, um, so good for the athletes. I just don't want them to become necessarily employees of schools, and hopefully, the schools don't really have to bend bend the knee and to like c- totally cater to whatever the school want. But um, if the school wants the athletic department to drive the revenue, then well, you're going to have the athletes speaking up and having a lot more power in the years to come. So the NCAA, this kind of makes their model kind of dead and antiquated like what is the ncaa going to do now like what is it going to oversee is it going to coordinate tournaments now we'll just have to see um this ruling for nil happened on july 1st just a few days ago so we'll see over the next few years how this plays out but the nil is going to be a major factor now in keeping like this is going to change recruiting like maybe you have like you usually get 25 stars at Alabama football a year, but what if like the 15th player, instead of wanting to be the 15th five-star at Alabama, what he can be like the first five, the number one five-star at like uh, Southern Missouri or something. It, it's like that changes, changes a lot. Like he could get a lot more recognition, uh, be endorsed a lot more at, at a smaller school than a big school like Alabama. It is just going to be fun. I'm, I'm just really interested to see how this plays out and hopefully you are too. Yeah, this is going to be one of the big headlines in sports uh, for quite a while, years to come. All right, so that's everything for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning back in. It's been, like I said, a minute since I put one out. I've been transitioning to a new location. I have posted a family reunion and other things have happened. So uh, I will... See you guys in the next episode. Tell your friends about this podcast. I will be trying to get one of my friends on in the next episode uh, to kind of maybe get, grow it a little bit because I'm interested to see where the podcast takes me in this next year or so with football season coming up just in a couple weeks. So, uh, oh, one more thing uh, that I read yesterday as I was driving along, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, signed his contract with the Jaguars so he can go to training camp with them. It's like four years 37 million something with a fifth year option or something. That's what most rookie contracts have. So Trevor Lawrence, um, he's cleared to be the Jaguars starting quarterback for the next decade. He's just going to have to carry the Jaguars out of the cellar of the AFC South. All right, guys, that's it for the episode. Thank you 
so much for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Bye.